Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, and real conversations about change, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources at HealingWays. That's HealingWaze.com. As is the case with many of my guests, Wendy Bjork stepped up to be the support she wished she had had when she was first diagnosed with MS. And for those that don't know much about MS or multiple sclerosis, Wendy is happy to be a resource. Her favorite quote is, I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions by Stephen Covey. And man, does she live by that quote. And now this might be my favorite quote as well. You may see it pop up on my Instagram feed in the near future. MS is a confusing disease with many different symptoms, all of which could really mess your life up. Truly. At one point, Wendy was having daily symptoms and felt like she was a medical guinea pig. Now, having had my own medical challenges that took forever to figure out, I can say with certainty that kind of experience is very disempowering, very disconnecting. But Wendy, or the MS warrior queen, as she now goes by, chose to take charge and focus on her mindset, her faith, and healing through holistic methods. Once she figured out how to bring herself back to wholeness, she wanted to help others do the same. She's now written a book and is currently creating another book in collaboration with others. She also created an extensive program to help women fill in the gaps in care that leave them feeling lost and unsupported. She said, when I decided to look for other answers, there wasn't one simple solution. I now want to be that resource and link arms with them on their journey to wholeness. Wow. Now, although Wendy's focus is helping those with MS, and it's talked about a lot in this episode, I think her story is inspirational in general. Whether you're going through a scary medical diagnosis or not, I think you'll really enjoy listening in on this conversation. And please share this episode and Wendy's contact info with someone you know who has MS. It could really, really make a difference. You can find out more about Wendy and her work, including her contact info, in the show notes. Enjoy. So first of all, Wendy, thank you so much for being here today with me. And after reading a little bit more about you, I have so many questions about your healing journey and what you've done with it for other people. But before we dive in, since this podcast is about connection, I want to feel more connected to you and I want my listeners to feel a little bit more connected to you. So I'm going to ask you a few icebreaker questions. They're not hard. (laughs) It's okay. I'm going to be nice. Um, where Where did you grow up? in central Wisconsin. You did. Okay. And you're still in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and you live in what part now? Now it's North, like the Northwest corner. So it didn't get any more populated or warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like living in Wisconsin? Well, I think I need to live somewhere warmer at least for six months of the year because this is just ridiculous. Yeah. The cold, the snow, more cold, more snow. <laughs> that sounds I mean, miserable. It could be May, middle of May, and you could still have snow and ice. Yes. I grew up in Alaska, so I know that. Yeah. That sounds miserable. Do you have, do you ever have any thoughts or dreams of leaving Wisconsin? Like, like really? Do you think about that? I do. I think about having a nice condo in Sarasota for this part of the year. Uh-huh. And then the summer, move west because I love the mountains. Mm. 
Have you been able to visit? Uh, my first time was last summer, and my husband and two boys always go out there camping. Mm-hmm. But they tent camp, and that's not my thing. So <laughs> <laughs> last spring, because of COVID, nobody's buying motorhomes or campers or anything. So my yeah. husband found a steal of a deal on those Mercedes little camper motorhomes. So. Oh, yeah. So he bought one, and we went out west for two weeks last summer, and it was awesome. Where out west did you land? We started in the Bighorns in Wyoming, mm-hmm. and then went through like Yellowstone, and then in the corner, like the eastern side of Idaho, and then down, made a like a kind of a loop. Mm-hmm. And I guess before, while we're done, when we're done with um, Yellowstone, we took a side tour up to Montana. I have a friend in Billings, so mm-hmm. we stopped by her, and it was just neat to just. I mean, there's so many people that just park on the side of a mountain for the night. You know, you don't need a campground. You just pull over and, and there's, you know, these huge motorhomes doing it. You know, uh-huh. it wasn't just us. So yeah, just the oh, view fun. was amazing. Yeah. I have, I went to Yellowstone probably about seven years ago and in that area and drove through Montana. It's so beautiful. That whole big sky thing is real. Right. Yes. Like it is big, big sky. Well, you need to go a little further West next time and um, come out here to the coast to the yes. to Oregon, Oregon, Washington, California. That would be, that would be a, quite an experience for you. So speaking of if there were no COVID restrictions and you could travel anywhere in the world right now, money is not an issue. Nothing else is an issue. You just are able to go. Where would you go right now? Well, I have a friend in Finland, and I wanted to go see her last summer, but obviously we couldn't travel yeah. outside of the country. And I wanted to go this summer, but now it's just getting too full again with kids' activities. So, but I would just love to go see her. We were there about 20 years ago. Finland. And nice. Sweden, Finland, Norway, we did a whole train trip across. Oh, so. fun. Super fun. All right. So we're going to, we're going to dive into your story and we're going to talk about MS in this story because it is part of your story. Um, So for people that are listening that aren't familiar with what multiple sclerosis, I always have a hard time saying that the sclerosis part, (laughs) I had to practice it. It is. (laughs) Um, for a lot of people listening, they don't really know exactly what it is. And, and actually, I was a massage therapist for 18 years and had many, had a handful of clients that had it. And even I, knowing, you know, my anatomy background and working with these people, I, I still struggle to completely understand what it is. So could you just kind of briefly explain what MS is and what, what is believed to cause it, if there is a belief? Well, it affects people differently, but the main part that happens is on your nerves there's a like a fatty covering called myelin so something happens in your body whether you know there's some people that say like your body attacks itself Mm -hmm. or something triggers this damage but when that myelin is gone your brain can no longer send signals properly Mm -hmm. so there's missed signals so then people can't walk normally or use their hands normally or think normally or, you know, it affects bladder. Oh, mm. just, you never know what, you know, like I said, each person's different. So you have no idea, you know, what's going on inside your body until there's an outward symptom mm-hmm. you know, that something's wrong. Yeah. So 
you obviously have MS, and in fact, you call yourself the MS Warrior Queen. Uh, and there'll be more about that in the show notes. Um, how old were you when you started having your symptoms of MS, even before the diagnosis? I was probably 16, 17. I'd had, like, I started getting migraines when I was 13, so I don't know if it was related back then even. Yeah. But just taking a hot bath would trigger these weird feelings in my legs. You know, we get out of the bathtub and you just feel like you have noodles for legs because your legs are numb or tingling and your feet are doing the same thing. And it just, weird things like that kept happening. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we didn't go to the doctor just for everything. So I'd mention it at my sports physical every year and the doctor didn't think much. And he said, you're probably still growing. And I thought, okay, that's kind of weird, but, and the ironic thing is he ended up having MS later on. Wow. So when did you actually get the diagnosis that it was in fact MS? It wasn't until I was 22. I was done with college and started my first like real full-time job. And one day I was, it was in a busy insurance office and I was on the phone with this angry customer and all of a sudden it was like someone had their hand over my mouth. I just couldn't get my words out. I don't know if I was having a stroke or what was going on. So that was like my first big attack. You know, it was my yeah. speech. Oh, wow. And did that continue to happen with your speech? Or was that kind of um, one and done? That, that effect never really happened again. Mm-hmm. But what happens is I'll mix my words up. So if like my thoughts get kind of jumbled, I'll like mix funny words up. Mm. and, you know, take half a word and mix it into the other half, which, Mm -hmm. you know, won't make sense. And then people look at you like, where were you just now? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because MS affects your nerves, which control everything. So things seem to be getting pretty, pretty severe as far as your symptoms go back in your early 20s. How did that diagnosis And then I'm sure the continued um, experimentation, because that always comes after a diagnosis, right? (laughs) How did that change your life? I mean, I know that's a huge question, but if you could think back to who you were, what you were doing before that diagnosis, then what changed after that? Um, Well, first, it took like five neurologists to diagnose me. So I just kept taking my MRI scans with me to all my doctor appointments Mm -hmm. and because it was such new technology in the early 90s, you know, that wasn't really a good, valid resource for diagnosing MS. Yeah. So they would just look at it. Each one would say the same thing. Well, they would say normal people could have these white spots on their brain, but it could be MS. So then you just go to the next one. And it was kind of just frustrating. I think once the last one did a spinal on me and forgot to tell me to go home and lay down, so I went back to work. Until like seven o'clock that night, then I'm crawling around for the next three days because I can't stand up. So that just really stands out in my memories of that time of my life. Yeah. But I think I just decided to ignore it because, you know, my friends are all my age. You know, Mm -hmm. they're all going to the bar and doing what they want. And 
I just kind of chose to ignore it, even though as soon as I would have a drink, my legs and feet would go numb. So that really made for a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I laugh now, but I can't imagine how that would feel at the time. Yeah, I was just kind of mad at it. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, why me? Why now? I always just had these thoughts because my grandma had really bad rheumatoid arthritis. So Mm -hmm. she just sat in a chair all day. And all I kept thinking was, I cannot end up like that. I have to live my life. So that was always in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a couple years into it, my boss was into personal development. And this is not cool in the 90s. Yes. So like Stephen Covey and Jack Canfield or Brian Tracy, Uh he would send me to these seminars you know, there's all these professional insurance people or, you know, professional people there. And there's little 22-year-old Wendy just soaking it up because I think he could see that I needed the help in mm-hmm. dealing with this. He always said, you know, he wanted me to come back to the office and help everybody else, you know, teach them all these tools. Well, they were twice as old as me and obviously didn't listen to me. It's st- It really helped having... Mm-hmm a positive mindset and not worrying about what was going to happen to me. Because as soon as you start worrying, you can just feel the stress in your body. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, not good for any kind of an outcome. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like you focused really on your mental health and your mindset right from the beginning. It made a huge, a huge difference, I'm sure. Because what a huge mental weight, a medical diagnosis like this could be. And you know, it affects everything. If our mind and our mindset is, is not strong and, and well, it affects our body. And it also would probably make your MS symptoms worse. Right. What are you doing now in, in your life to help you cope with the mental load? I think just realizing that our thoughts are things, what mm-hmm. we think about, we bring about and just always remembering that. Mm-hmm. And Every morning I have my devotional and then I have a couple other books I read every morning just to start the day off right instead of wallowing in, you know, the victim mode. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're there, you're not helping yourself or anybody. Yeah. And you just have to love yourself for where you're at. Yeah. And it's easy to go into that victim mode. I'm sure you, you probably experienced it once or twice. Um, and then you learn, like you said, that it's who does it help? To stay in that. Right. So overall, on most days, how do you, how do you feel physically now? I mean, it's been how many years? Oh, 34. So it's, it's just been a huge evolution. Yeah. How do you feel most of the time? Most of the time now, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good. And I think all the things that I've learned in the past, even six, seven years about myself and know what we eat and drink and just things we bring into our home has made an enormous difference yeah definitely and you you mentioned devotionals what are some other self-help things that you use on a pretty regular basis there's a book the author's last name is Beatty. i can't think of her name right now it's given to codependents you know that Mm -hmm. go through hazelden and she just has really good thoughts for every day something to think about in the morning and to project you know during the day I think having kids helps that, helps you just stay focused as well. You know, instead of being a victim, you yeah. just want as normal of a life as you can have for your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned um, somewhere in um, 
maybe your biography, that you decided at some point to take a more holistic approach to your healing, which I'm all about. <laughs> Besides, so you said eating well, I'm sure that exercise. Have you tried any alternative therapies that work? I was attuned in Reiki last fall, just because it's something I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And just for self-healing and just to calm your system down. It just seems really helpful to meditate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually went, uh, my first MS client as a massage therapist, and I'm a Reiki practitioner. When she got her diagnosis, it really seemed to help a lot mm-hmm. with the mind more than anything else. Again, right? It starts in our mind and our body responds. So now fast forward to now, and you've been doing this for a while. Um, you have a program that helps other women navigate this illness and you've even written a book about it. Yes. I just think there's so many gaps in care Mm -hmm. that I have realized because I would ask my neurologist when I found out about Dr. Wall's protocol, which Mm -hmm. eliminates dairy, gluten, sugar. And I would ask him questions, you know, because you go every year, you get 20 minutes to ask your questions And he would say, there's no scientific proof. So I would say, okay, and then go back home. One day, I just was so sick of feeling like awful all the time. Yeah. And I got the book and started reading it. And it's really an eye opener. And Mm -hmm. there's, you know, like medical medium. He has a book that's really eye opening as well. But just cutting those three things out has been a huge difference. People don't realize, you know, you need to give up soda. It's hard living this way, but it's so helpful. And Mm -hmm. if you can live a happier, longer life by making some of these changes. So that's why I put my program together to just show them how it's not difficult, but it takes time. And I'm there to support them in doing this because I've done all the hard work already and the research. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know why our bodies are so inflamed Mm-hmm. What causes it? It's unbelievable. The things that we can throw in our cart at the store or, you know, things yeah. we slather in our skin, it just all contributes to it until something happens where now you have an illness triggered. Mm-hmm. So you have used your experience and, and things that worked for you to put into this program. And then you are there to support women alongside like kind of like a coach. Yeah, I would say. And like I said, filling in those gaps because everybody's at a different place. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have a supportive partner or spouse. Yeah. And some people do. Some people already have changed their diet, but Mm -hmm. they don't have the environmental stuff figured out. Like everybody's in a different place with their MS. So it's just meeting where they're at and giving them these tools to navigate. Yeah. And it's always nice to have somebody to talk to that has experienced what you're going through, especially when it's something like this, I think. I mean, that's it's kind of the whole reason behind this podcast as well. You know, it's nice to, when we're feeling lost and struggling through stuff, it's, it's very helpful for us to lean on others' experiences, basically. And you've been through it, and then you've taken the time to learn all this stuff about your diet. I mean, you know, I believe in all of that as well. I've been gluten-free for 20 years and huge for so many things, even if you don't have MS. Right. There's so much information out there. 
that it can become overwhelming. And as you probably can recall, when you're in the midst of being an experiment and a guinea pig, it just makes it harder to like know where to even start. And so you kind of hold their hand. Right. How has helping others through this helped you? It's helped me speak out about it. Yeah. I mean, a few years back, I would never have talked publicly about my MS because I've always just said, I'm fine because it's easier to not talk about it. And you're right. If somebody doesn't have MS and you're talking to them right away, they compare it to their situation Mm -hmm. and they'll say, well, I'm tired too because nobody sleeps in America. So (laughs) it's helpful to just have somebody who gets it and will give you not advice, but just listen to you. Yeah. Besides books that you read and and different um, research that you did, did you have anybody that you felt you could lean on in the beginning? Not really. And Mm -hmm. that's, I guess, why I feel like I need to do this because Mm -hmm. there's so many people out there that are just suffering. And I'm in Facebook groups with 20, 30,000 women, and they all are saying the same things. You know, my spouse thinks I'm lazy. And it's just heartbreaking for Mm -hmm. me to see that. Yeah. Well, because they're probably not even understanding it themselves. And then to try to tell that to somebody else that, like you said, has no clue what it's really like, it's going to be really hard. So that is what made you want to use your experience to to help others that are struggling with it. That's beautiful. I wish more of us could understand that our experiment, that our experiment, (laughs) our experience, (laughs) our experience is valid and helpful to others. Has it made you come to terms more with like just accepting and being at peace with the illness because now you know it's it you're able to help other people? I think so and it was probably 2 years ago, maybe longer, but I just sat and wrote from the beginning of all my symptoms, just wrote about how I felt and mm-hmm. how the low points were really low. Mm-hmm. And just how it's just been such a up and down bumpy ride basically. Yeah. And is that your book that you wrote? Um, it's part of it. Nice. And had you ever thought earlier in your life that you'd be writing a book and having programs like this that are helping people and changing their lives? No, because you're just like struggling to get through each day. I think on your own, just getting through life. And that's so hard the way it is without having a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So the last year has been hard for everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think this last year has changed you and has it had an impact in your overall mission and helping others? I think it really helped me solidify that I need to do this, that I was given this MS card so young so that I can figure out how to heal myself and then lead the way for others. Just be their lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Like you feel more of a calling now to really help people. You, when you, what you just said there falls right into a quote. I had asked you what is one quote that you really love. And it's from Stephen Covey. And it says, I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decision. Yes. It sounds like you've made a lot of great decisions that are helping other people. And not that I never have made bad decisions. (laughs) That's probably for a different time. But then you wouldn't be human and you wouldn't, 
you know, it seems like you've probably learned from those bad decisions. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they make us, every time they actually make us better, I think, in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, though, when you see your kids going through it and you want to fix it for yeah. them. You forget that sometimes. But <laughs> we try not to. <laughs> exactly. So we still, you know, right now it's April. Oh, my gosh. It's April. Uh you know, we still have quite a bit of 2021 left. Do you have any big goals for, for this mission of yours personally? Any big goals that you want to share? Well, I like writing, I guess, in general, because it's helpful for me, I think, and then it's helpful for people who read it. And I just started another project, a bunch of authors coming together to co-author a book on women's empowerment, because there's so many things as women that we kind of just let other people take care of for us mm-hmm. and having an insurance background and a financial background. I just feel like there's a lot of little things that can make people's lives easier. Like just going back and looking at that 20 years worth of work. That was really helpful now that I can share that part of it with my clients and with the rest of the world with this new project, I guess just being there for people to support them. Mm-hmm. Nice, even more than you already have been. For people listening that are struggling with something that maybe isn't an illness, just, you know, all the struggles and challenges that life (laughs) throws us, um, what are some, you know, some words of wisdom that you could pass along so that people don't just feel like they're a product of their circumstance and (laughs) that they have decisions that they can still make? I think one is don't be afraid to be your own advocate you know when you go to the doctor have a list of questions have a notebook because if I don't have a notebook to write things down I forget probably before I walk out of the door what they said Mm -hmm. and another one is when you're encountering negative people just know that they are in a spot that you can't do anything about you know it's not your fault just choose not to interact you know Mm -hmm. not to give them any fuel and is there anything on the days that when you don't feel as empowered as you should and as you hope that others do, um, is there anything different that you do to, to help yourself come out of that? Sometimes just going outside for five minutes and just looking around you, you know, whether it's the trees or the sky, think about how wonderful it is mm-hmm. just to be here, just to absorb, if, you know, if the sun's out, just feel that on your face breathe for five minutes, no matter what's happening. Even if you're in Wisconsin and it's snowing. Yes. (laughs) Even if you put on your jacket and your boots and your hat and mittens. And yeah, just to breathe, ground yourself, Mm -hmm. gratitude. You mentioned, you know, just to be grateful. Yeah. Those are things that definitely help me feel empowered as well. Nature. Definitely. So I wanted to give it a little plug too, because it's, it's pretty cool. I didn't know that there was, an MS magazine. I don't know the full title of that magazine. What is it? It's published by the National MS Society and it's called Momentum Magazine. Momentum Magazine. And you write um, some articles for that magazine occasionally or have? Yes, I do. And the editor was really funny when I first contacted her because she said, you know, the things that I talked to her about, she was kind of surprised that anybody wanted to talk about it. So she said, (laughs) just send in whatever. (laughs) That's awesome. And you did it. You just took a chance and did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
what what made you so brave? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think because I've just had enough of MS controlling, you know, trying to control my life. And like I said, all these thousands of women that just feel like it has taken over. Mm-hmm. And you just have to see it as a separate thing, I think, instead of like letting it have you. You can't let it do that. Yes, I love that. Well, you are glowing and bright and you look very healthy. So, um, you know, I don't know how you feel inside, but you said that most of the time you feel good. You have definitely used the tools on yourself. And I love that you're then sharing that for other people. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Just that no matter what anybody's dealing with, you know, you just have to say nice things to yourself. You have to love yourself. Just look in the mirror. Tell yourself you love you because that is so important. Yeah. And it's so good for you to be happy, even yeah. if things are really hard. That's interesting because just today I was having a low confidence day and was <laughs> sitting there in the mirror. So, yeah, that whole self-talk thing is really important. Yes. And I didn't mention the name of your book. I know it's going to be in the show notes, but what is the name of the book? My first book I wrote is just about my MS journey. Okay. And that one that can be downloaded off of my website. Mm -hmm. And it's just about MS has been here since like 1873. Mm -hmm. That's when they first discovered it. And then my book that I'm working on with the other authors, is just a rise up book series. So hopefully that'll be out later this summer, maybe early August. Rise up. Oh, I love that. Okay. Nice. I'll keep an eye out for that. That's going to be awesome. In case anyone listening wants to contact Wendy and get to know more about her and her story and her program, her contact information will be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Wendy. It has been great getting to know you. I hope that we stay in touch. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. If you have your own inspiring story that you would like to share, please go to my Instagram account at the dragonfly mama send me a direct message and we will set it up to chat in the meantime have a wonderful week and we'll be back with a new episode next wednesday